How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, I have had a very busy weekend with the NCAA tournament, which means I have been trying to watch games live and uh, try to work and watch them in a second window on my computer screen and watch them while at the Bradley Center and it's been a, it's been an interesting weekend, but I I spent some time this afternoon. This is where we are we are recording here, uh, Sunday at seven forty five. But this afternoon I spent some time with the Bucks. Um, unfortunately, the second half of the time I spent with them was rewatching the Warriors game, and oh, that was not fun. No, and um, you know it was interesting. They they start off so well, um, and and you almost didn't notice Steph Curry was on the court for the first let's say half of the first quarter and the bucks are getting out in transition. The bucks are doing some, some nice stuff. They're moving the ball. Thon makers actually doing some things for the first time in, in what seemed like a while on, on both ends really. Um, and you know, they're up by as much as, as 25 to 11 and then, um, kind of pretty much all, you know, the wheels come off simultaneously on both ends. And Steph Curry reminds you that, you know, whatever the stat was, he was shooting 24% over his last, I don't know how many games. Yeah, mean reversion Steph Curry is, you know, we talk a lot, we've joked about mean reversion Delhi. Well, mean reversion Steph Curry is is a whole nother animal. And, you know, we no kind of saw him. No <laughs> we, saw, we saw the the 40-foot pull-up, uh, was that a two-for-one or something at the end of the half? I mean, um you know, I, I, I think the, uh, I think Giannis was, Giannis went to the bench kind of early. He was a plus 12. Uh, when he came out with, I think, like seven-something to go in the game. The Bucks were still up 11 when he can't comes back late in the first quarter. And then he, I believe he was a minus 30 the rest. He played the rest of the half, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, they're, they're down 63-44 at halftime, and it's just like, yep, curtains, it's over. I was going to say, it was funny, too, because, like I said, I, I was doing other stuff, so I was monitoring Bucks Twitter as I was watching the, the NCAA game at, at the BC. And it, it seemed like like I saw a bunch of tweets like, man, why did the Bucks take out Giannis? Like that killed their rhythm and their flow. And then I watched the game and they took out Giannis and then they improved on the lead, got to 25-11. And I think Giannis comes in when it's like 25-13, something like that. And then it wasn't good with Giannis, and it was like, man, d- I guess the games where I'm most sad is the games where Giannis is not playing well. Like, earlier in the year was when, if Giannis and Jabari have a bad game on the same night, like, ugh, and the Bucks lose, then it's really bad, and I really don't want to watch it. But now it's, man, if Giannis has a bad game and they lose, it's just doubly depressing, because... I I don't think any of us were expecting to wi- the Bucks to win this Warriors game. Like, no, that that would have been insanity. Um, 
I, I was, I guess, probably hoping for more than a quarter of competitiveness. <laughs> um, and and I, I did not get that. Um, but yeah, it, it was just strange to kind of see the game flip at, uh, and I mean, even when Giannis came back in, it wasn't immediate. It was just like right at the end of, of the first quarter. It just, the whole game just flipped. Yeah, and a loss isn't really a big deal. You know, they, they had to get the win on Friday, right? Which they, you know, from a from a holding serve standpoint, I mean, this was, this was a hold serve weekend, right? You expect them to take care of business, the Lakers. I mean, thank God they, they maybe not super convincingly, <laughs> but they ultimately did take care of the Lakers on Friday night. We have to kind of talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't expect them to win. I mean, you would have wanted a better effort. And maybe, maybe we've been a little spoiled with the, the efforts that the Bucks have given, or, or at least the competitiveness the Bucks have had against the Lakers over the past year. Um, you know, three straight games that really were, were quite close, um, you know, down to sort of the the late stages of, of all those games, actually except the first one, right, where the Bucks actually won pretty pretty handily. Um, but the other two losses they've had since then were were very competitive. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's certainly a, a you know a, a disappointing way to lose. And then um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm I've said you know my my Giannis fanboy um, uh, hat goes on uh, whenever the Bucks, especially when the Bucks are losing, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, again, like we, we've we've now, you know, Giannis has set the bar for himself extremely high, right? And even on Friday, um, he was phenomenal in the third quarter against the Lakers, taking over really after, um, got off to a quick start, didn't necessarily score much in the rest of the first half uh, on Friday, but uh, comes out, scores 14 in the third quarter to, to kind of, you know, give the Bucks a healthy lead. Um, they kind of lose it, comes back, gets an immediate three-point play, but then plays really poorly the rest of the way as the Bucks you know, kind of make things a little bit hairy uh, in LA. And then, um, on Saturday he, you know, he came out, um, the Bucks got to running early. Uh, he kind of had a dunk on Zaza out of a broken play. Um, did some stuff in transition, set up maker for a bucket. Where I want to like, talk about down. that Zaza dunk. Yeah, that was, that, that was nice. It, he was kind of a similar thing he did to Carl Towns, um, a week ago as well, where he just sort of like, you know, he dribbles in, he just sort of puts his body on a guy and he's, you know, it's just like <laughs> makes room and then, Damn. I guess the thing for me is last year, I don't know. It's just startling how many things have improved so much for Giannis this season. Like, obviously, at the end of last year, you saw him start to do some more things well. But, man, just just thinking back to the start of last season, like, there would still be games where Giannis would catch under the rim and he would try to throw up, like, a finger roll or he would do, like, a little fadeaway hook shot and those are totally out of his game at this point. Like he does, he does not use those. And as far as physical centers go, Zaza is near the top of the list. Like that dude is a house and Giannis put him under the rim. That is, that is staggering for a guy that obviously has put on some muscle and put on a little weight, but he's still a, a thin, more slender kind of guy. And he now just, does that to guys like like you said he did it to towns last week he he does it to zaza and it's just startling how often finishes at the rim have now become dunks and especially i I think last year a lot of times if he had a running start he could get a finish at the rim but now like pivoting taking a couple bumps finishing through someone at the rim like everything is a dunk if he catches the ball within three feet five feet of the rim it is a dunk every time and that that was not the case at the start of last season so um man 
it, it, it's just funny how so much has gotten better for him over the last year that something as, as little as that like kind of gets lost in the details. But man, I when I saw that today, this afternoon, when I rewatched it, it was just like, come on, that's that's crazy to think that Giannis can do that to a guy like Zaza now. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, you know, he he hits uh, stuck a, a jumper in, in Draymond's face shortly thereafter, but then uh, misses seven straight shots. Um, he's at two for eleven, I think. At um, I think it was at the half, uh, or or maybe going into the fourth quarter. I think it was going into the fourth quarter. Um, and he came out in the third quarter and you know, missed a jumper. He drove to the hoop, had a nice drive, you know, overlays, misses a layup, um, and it's just kind of one of these nights where he doesn't have it. And unfortunately, we've seen this now in a couple of really big games against marquee teams. Um, you know, LeBron James complaining early in the year about, oh, Giannis, you know, if he's a true professional, he'd give some of these efforts against bad teams <laughs> that we saw against, like, for instance, the first Cleveland game. And unfortunately, um, he was really bad in Cleveland. Um, what was a couple weeks ago? Um, he was bad against the, the Warriors now on Saturday. And, um, you know, it felt like he's been in a bit of, I don't, you know, a bit of a slump. He hasn't been scoring as much. Um, you know, got it done, obviously, against the Lakers, 26, 8, and 5, and 2, right? So similar kind of Giannis numbers, but um, I think he picked up three fouls, a couple turnovers, um, just looked out of sorts in the last few minutes of that game. Um, but I was looking at the numbers, and since the All-Star break, he's still averaging, you know, his slump since the All-Star break is 21 points, 7.5 boards, 5.3 assists, you know, over 1.5 steals and blocks. And he's shooting, you know, like still, I think, close to 6% true shooting and 24.8 PER. So, <laughs> That's you know, terrible. I mean, the, the bar is, is the, <laughs> that, that is still, you know, phenomenal um but uh but yeah i mean that's the problem right is is now the bar is is very high for Giannis, and and certainly when he has games like this um against big teams and then you know you kind of notice and um and unfortunately you know Middleton was great against the lakers i mean we don't want to forget about him Th- 30 points i mean when Giannis was was out uh early in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter um middleton really kind of got it going after the Lakers had narrowed the lead. Um, he just went to work. Um, he scored 30 that night. And, you know, he also had a bit more of a quiet night against Golden State. Um, 11 points, 8 shots, 5 assists. Um, but, uh, you know, was, was uh, I guess, a, a more encouraging minus 6 versus minus 25 for Giannis. Um, but, uh, again, you know, against the Warriors, again, I mean, they were going to lose that game, right? <laughs> when you saw yeah. what, what Curry started doing, 28 points on 13 shots, um, you know, they, they kind of just started rolling. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. It's It seemed like when they've played in the past, Draymond has has, has defended Jabari more. And um, it seems like it's been more uh, Durant this year, probably Barnes last year, I'm guessing, uh, defending Giannis. Um, and, and certainly, you know, Giannis didn't look entirely comfortable trying to, to go at Draymond Green, which not a lot of people do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a throwaway game for Giannis, and uh, you just hope he can come back on, on Tuesday and, uh, in Portland and be, be a different guy. But, um, you know, you, you guess on the, in the standings, you can say, well, no harm, no foul. One and one is what you expected, but certainly uh, uh, was maybe not as as fun a game to watch as as you might have hoped. I wanted to go back to Middleton and his game against the Lakers. Uh, You mentioned 30 for him that night, 11 of 18 shooting, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. And it it was funny. I was was working, and then I met my friends at a bar, and it was St. Paddy's Day, NCAA tournament going on, and 
I was the guy at the bar that was like, uh, can I get one of those TVs to be the Bucks game instead of the, the NCAA tournament? And I'm, I'm sure that got some groans. Um, but by the end of the night, everyone was watching the Bucks game because it was close and there was a fight in it and everyone was excited about it. And then the, the cool thing this year is like random fans, like random strays at the bar or just like casual people who don't really watch the Bucks, all of a sudden being like, damn that that Middleton guy's good and it's like does he have 30 man he's making all these shots he's really good like just me just hearing that at a bar is just kind of funny to hear now like people are even even casuals can recognize how good Middleton is and like you said that he carried him down the down the stretch and um having him be able to do that is just huge and uh, obviously we've seen the record with him on the floor and we've seen how how well the bucks have played at times as he's returned and yeah it's it's just huge to have him back and have a guy that can create for himself and make some tough plays and and make some shots that is huge for this bucks team so I just wanted to go back that, but it, it was just interesting and funny to hear like, man, that Middleton guy, he can actually play. Yeah, he can. <laughs> yeah. And I think the, uh, by, by the way, the, uh, I was trying to check who, um, who pointed out the, uh, the made the, uh, true professionals made a joke in my mentions about, uh, Giannis now that he's had two bad games against these big teams does, does that mean he's now being a true professional uh again um that was uh all the bucks uh a great twitter follow made that comment so shout out to all the bucks always tweets out good stats and things like that um i, I think if we're I, I was gonna say one one positive from saturday uh thon maker nine points five boards um a steal a block i thought gave some good energy that's the best minutes. he's looked this year you're saying this calendar year or this year year Mm, this year year i don't know i mean that third quarter against boston he looked great i mean you know i mean when he's hitting threes obviously he he can put up points um but yeah i mean i guess why i say this was the best was because i got to see him do things that he doesn't that he doesn't do if that makes sense like it's the boston game yeah he's hitting threes like that's the cool exciting thing about him but in this one like he is he has that block on Curry, which kind of shows like, oh, he's got the speed to keep up with guys and the length that all of a sudden, even if uh, an elite point guard gets by him, he can come by and swat that away. He had a steal. And then on offense, he, he had that play where he catches and tries to go up and dunk it on someone. And again, like that isn't, that's been something in the last, uh, I'm trying to think that was what the Pacers game where he had that dunk, uh, the double pump. Yeah. That was like, that was like, the, like the last couple of weeks. This has been something where <laughs> we joked about it during summer league and stuff like that. But like what, what happened to his vertical? Um, and it, we've always heard like in workouts, it's so good, but he was having kind of some troubles converting that to games. And in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that. So in that game, you get to see him try to have that dunk. And he had that other finish that was through traffic and bouncing off a body. And it, there was just some things in there that made me think, Oh, those are, those are really helpful skills. Like if Jan or if Thon can start dunking on people and start, if, I mean, even just catching the ball and turning it into a dunk rather than a lay-in, like that is that is a huge step forward uh, for Thon. So yeah, and actually, I, I I think one thing there too. I mean, it's it's fitting you we bring that up. I mean, I don't think we've talked about it as much, but um, 
you bring up at the same the same podcast where we talk about Giannis and the fact that Giannis no longer gets sort of stuck under the hoop. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it used to be that when he was just sort of didn't have any momentum because um, he I mean, obviously, when he's going off one foot, either foot, really. I mean, he's so tough to stop because he's yeah. a great one footed leaper with both feet, which is a really valuable skill to have when you're a ball handler. Um, but he when he was under the hoop so often he would just get blocked by guys. Right. I mean, maybe you remember that or maybe maybe people have forgotten. Oh, yeah. Sort of early, early Giannis. Um, he couldn't really go up strong as well. And that's obviously changed, as you pointed out. And that's the same thing. Obviously, you want to hope that you'll see from Thon because, you know, sometimes if he doesn't catch it, right, I mean, it looks like he can barely get off the ground. Right. I mean, he, he looks like he's got Zaza hops. Yeah, totally. Even though we know that we know that he had a 36 inch vertical <laughs> at the Chicago Combine. Correct. And when he's kind of on the go and he's got a chance to gather himself like that double pump against the Pacers well then you can kind of see it um but absolutely I mean that he's had a few moments where over the last few weeks where you know that the lack of um explosion when he's not able to gather himself has been kind of painfully obvious um but now we're maybe seeing some some examples of where you know okay maybe maybe he's trying to be a bit more conscious of of gathering himself and his his mechanics and obviously you hope that that you know well we we know that they're obviously working to to build his lower body strength, so he doesn't need to you know again gather himself as much to get up. Um, but it, that'll certainly be a, a big skill for him because you know having that lower body strength. I don't know if Thon's ever going to have much of a caboose on him, but um, having a bit more of that strength, <laughs> I mean, that helps on both offense and defense. Absolutely, and I and I guess like you said, that probably wasn't his most impressive game. But man, just kind of thinking about seeing him do those things like that that always excites me when when you see something new from from a guy that has a a very diverse skill set that's to me that's when the most interesting um the most interesting kind of stuff happens so um i i thought that was really interesting and that kind of stuck out to me and then the fact that he played well enough at least in i would guess he played well enough in jason kidd's eyes to get a little bit more run in the second quarter and obviously the game didn't go all that well um but still it it was it was good to see him have some success against a team as good as the warriors like that even if even if the bucks lost the fact that he was able to have some positive minutes against a team as stacked as the warriors like that that's ultimately a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think the the you know the 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 downside of the Warrior game, other than Giannis not playing well, was he comes back in the fourth quarter, and obviously the easy question is why is he playing um, late in that game? Um, he, uh, on the flip side, Draymond and Clay were, were still playing for the Warriors as well, but um, he ends up blocking Draymond, seems to come down and and kind of tweaked his ankle. Um, he came out thereafter. I haven't really seen anything official. Um, I've seen just some stuff. He doesn't have an off switch, does he? No, no. I mean, he can't go, can't go slow. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I've just seen. I haven't seen anything suggesting it's you know, anything serious. But um, I guess we'll see. The upside is obviously having a couple of days off here before the Tuesday game. Um, you hope that that it wasn't anything serious. And you know, historically, Giannis is obviously knock on wood. Uh, shown that his elastic limbs um, <laughs> seem to recover pretty quickly from stuff, so hopefully it's it's nothing serious. Um, other fourth quarter positive, two threes and two blocks from Rashad Vaughn. <laughs> I, I was going to say the, the return of rim, rim protector Rashad Vaughn. I mean, um, and it, it's real. Per 36 in the month of March, one and a half blocks per 36. Has he played? Oh, yeah, I guess he's played over 36. I was going to ask if he even played 36 minutes. <laughs> 73 but he didn't minutes, have Frank. So, so th- there's a little bit of a sample size that, no, I'm right. just kidding. Um, he, he did that last year. T- I mean, he yep. had a weird number of blocks 
uh, late in the season last year too. I mean, I, I don't, I have no explanation for why Rashad Vaughn would be particularly good at, at blocking shots as from as a guard, but um, for some reason it's happened. And then, uh, and then obviously, you know, and granted it was garbage time, but seeing him knock down a couple threes, I mean, pretty and much one any, off the any, dribble. Yeah, pretty much any anything you can see from him in terms of hitting threes is is a plus. So I don't know, maybe we need to call him if he's hitting threes and blocking shots. We need to call him Rashid Vaughn. Is that is that the good version <laughs> oh of Rashad Vaughn? I don't know. <laughs> oh frank that was awful uh, i'm totally down with it um I, I don't think anything else really redeeming in that warriors game um i i guess one thing you could say is it would be really nice if the bucks had a third point guard so malcolm brogdon didn't have to play 41 minutes um that would probably be nice like he shouldn't I mean, we've seen it throughout this season. He's the guy that takes the garbage time minutes. And again, like you want to see young guys get reps, et cetera. But man, it's it's brutal seeing a guy who is a rookie, maybe trying to battle through the rookie wall, have to play those garbage time minutes. And again, ultimately, garbage time minutes don't have to mean a ton. But with a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, and I mean, much of this Bucks team, those guys don't have an off switch, and he's still playing hard. And forty-one minutes is. Uh, is a tough ask on a back-to-back. Yeah, and uh, part of the issue now is that is that Kid is using T- uh, Delvadova and Brogdon together more. So you know, it's not just a matter of of you add their their minutes together and it's forty eight, right? They're playing more minutes together, and as a result, um, you know that that means that that there's just, you know again, as long as you want one of those guys out there, then this is what's going to happen more frequently. Um, on Friday, I think it was yeah, Friday, Delvadova plays twenty five minutes. Brogdon plays 32, so you know 57 minutes, so nine minutes of of overlap. And let me see them in on Saturday's game. Uh, Brogdon 41 minutes, Delvadova 26 minutes, so 67 minutes, so almost 19 minutes um, more than you know if you just sort of uh, made sure that you you cycled between them. So um, this is the downside of this. I mean, the last time I checked, I mean, Delhi Brogdon lineups haven't been good. <laughs> they I mean they they haven't had good numbers together in terms of like you know net rating. Um, I think the obvious thing is that the kid likes to be able to have, uh, you know, two ball handlers on the court, especially I think late in games. So we've seen maybe a bit more of that than usual. Um, but, uh, let's just say that, that on Saturday, the, the idea of Del Vadova being the curry stopper, um, from a couple of years ago that, that, that was made all the more amusing given, uh, Del Vadova didn't seem to have any, uh, any shot of, of stopping curry. Granted, you know, once he got going, I don't know if anybody did, but um, but uh, but yeah, Delhi. Uh, we did not see mean reversion Delhi uh, <laughs> on, uh, on Saturday. Just just reversion Delhi, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, no one really stops Steph Curry. Like he had a whole bunch of threes on Malcolm Brogdon too. Like no one's really immune from what Steph Curry does to you. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk Lakers game. Um, how fascinated are you by the transition of Greg Monroe into? enforcer bodyguard i'm trying to think of other words that means guy that will start something if you start something um because he has just totally stepped into that role this year appears to love it and appears more than willing to do it at any moment's notice yeah well i mean you lost uh you know oj mayo was the sort of 
uh, unhinged, semi-crazy vet on last year's team that you just never know. Uncle never Juice. Know. Uncle Juice can um, do anything. You, you never know who, who Uncle Juice was going to start something with. Um, Monroe has the benefit of being significantly bigger than OJ Mayo, so that probably helps. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's, it's Friday's game, the, the, you know, the dust-up was was all kind of, I mean, it was, I mean, it's like one of these things, like, really? Is, is, this, is this necessary? I mean, Brogdon, I don't even know how hard of a foul it was. He got a lot of ball, but again, because he kind of followed through and, you know, kind of came near Nick Nick Young's head. I'm not surprised that there was a foul call. Um, Nick Young being just sort of, a, you know, whatever. Nick Young kind of gets ticked off about it, um, pushes Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon just sort of like puts his hands above his head, is sort of amused because, He's unflappable, and yeah, then it was it was pretty funny seeing Greg Monroe uh, go with the the high shove, which he's now been fined thirty five thousand dollars for. Um, I think Nick Young got twenty five grand, and um, they, along with uh, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell were were uh, kicked out of that game. Uh, Russell for I guess supposedly escalating it, coming in as the third guy, but or fourth guy. So I don't know. I mean, it was a bat. It was a basketball, you know. I don't even know what you call it, a Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook. It, it wasn't a melee. See, it wasn't see, a brawl. You know what, Frank? It was just sort of pushing. And I think you know, Monroe's kind of, ready for anything. Oh, I'm sure he'd throw down. But I mean, it's like you know, Nick Young and you know, Brendan Ingram's getting in oh, there. Oh, for and the sure, whole totally. Thing about- but I'm just saying, there's a lot of guys that aren't about that. I think Greg Monroe is very much about that. Yeah. Well, and he's Greg Monroe is always. I mean, given what we know about him getting ticked off about. Anytime he misses a shot, you know, he's he's yelling for fouls and stuff. So he's always sort of like agitated, it seems, about, about something about something related to a call. So it, it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me at all that that his his on off switch uh, is is, you know, has that hair trigger that he can just sort of, you know, run in and, and he'll tussle with you and he'll he'll throw down if needed. So it's been um, wildly so it entertaining to me, like just the the do something video with Blake Griffin where Blake Griffin started talking to him and Monroe just kept saying do something do something <laughs> I, I don't think I saw that oh that was in the game that was in the game where uh, what what Blake took kind of a shot at Delhi I think yep. running and down then the court. Monroe came right back so that happens yeah. they split him up Monroe's down on the block Griffin's about to go to the foul line I think because they called it on Delhi um so Griffin's getting ready to step at the foul line and I don't know he's saying some profanities at him and Monroe just looks at him and says do something <laughs> do something uh <laughs> and uh, like, like i said like i think greg monroe is very much about that he's a monster he's just a monstrous man um so i'm i'm sure he would totally be fine with blake griffin attempting to throw a punch actually no we know blake can do it um yeah but, but we, don't, we don't know if he'll do it against you know, someone people who are above correct. above five eight and who are actually professional athletes so yes. we, don't, we don't know correct but maybe he would who knows um but either i mean way, i mean if if blake broke his hand punching like a tiny little trainer guy then <laughs> i don't even know what would happen his arm would break in half or shatter or something like that if he tried to punch craig monroe i don't know you'd have to assume right um all right, other stuff from the Lakers game or from the weekend that you're thinking about. Um, I, I guess I I kind of remain fascinated just by Tony Snell. Like he's he's just oddly I don't know what the word is. He's always around shooting threes. Sometimes they go in at a, in an insane clip, and other times they don't. And maybe sometimes he looks more comfortable and more willing to shoot and. I don't know. It's just weird to see his 
his three point attempts fluctuate so great. Like it'll it'll be consistently like two to four, and then all of a sudden like a game of eight or a game of nine, and you're just like, where did that come from? How did that occur? Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I I was just thinking about that over the weekend, where I feel like where you see the Bucks like three point number get really high is the games where Tony Snell takes a like that. Like when his when his jumps up that extra four or five, that's when the Bucks jump up that extra four or five. Well, I think I mean again, it's hard at this point to to look at Tony and, and expect him to to be a really high volume three point shooter just because he doesn't have a an off the dribble you know game. That's just not who he is. So, totally, I'm um, just fascinated by how it even occurs. Yeah. Like how yeah, well, there's I think those it, games I, where he gets like eight or nine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it probably comes down a lot to the type of defense he's playing, and you know, our teams really focusing on on Giannis and Chris, and and are they, you know, if you're taking playing a team that that sends more help versus ones that don't, maybe then then uh, then you'll see Tony maybe be the guy that, that benefits from that against maybe some bad defenses versus um, if a team is is staying at home, and if it you know if you've got a defender who can bottle up Giannis, for instance, one on one or or whatever it might be, then then Tony presumably probably is not going to get as many open looks. But uh, but you know again, um, tough to complain much about. But what Snell has, has given the Bucks, well, I know you're not complaining about Tony Snell this season because uh, <laughs> he's certainly given uh, given nothing but gravy when you when you consider where you know what they not only what they've gotten from him but what they gave up to get him. Um, so it's it's definitely been a plus. Um, Frank, what? What should I read into Mirza Toledovic playing 22 minutes in back-to-back games? Um, well, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, the Golden State game. I don't think it tells us necessarily much of anything, just because there was so much garbage time. Sure. Um, I think I think we did get um, we did get at the very. Um, I thought we or at some point in that game we got some small ball. Uh, didn't we? Didn't we? Maybe at like the very end. Of that half, I think we might have gotten some some small lineup. Uh, I think towards the end of the first half, let's see, it was Giannis, Chris, Brogdon, Snell, and Jason Terry. Um, so you know, interesting to see the Bucks going without a center for the last uh, two minutes of that first half. Didn't work. They were minus six. You know, so 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 whatever. <laughs> um, Toledovich wasn't in for there, but uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Toledovich has been been they've been getting him some run. Um, you know, has he been a huge impact player? Well, you know, no. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I think, as we've said before, he does draw attention regardless of whether he's hitting shots or not. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, the thing, the annoying thing is that he, you know, he doesn't play much with Giannis, which, as we've said, is the, you know, the, they've been sort of the best duo the Bucks have had in terms of, of two man lineups who played any type of, of minutes together. Uh, and they've that those lineups have been great defensively and offensively. So let's not act like oh they're just outscoring people. I mean, no, it's worked, right? Um, Correct. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess the grand scheme of things, we know that uh, Terrence Jones is no no closer to playing any real minutes. Uh, you already beat me there. I was just going to say, conversely, what do I make of Terrence Jones not being able to get onto the floor for any reason? Well, I was joking last night about how, um, you know, I, I, I guess I guess this means Jason Kidd was was not among those who were thought it was a good idea to get Terrence Jones. Maybe he was, uh, you know, clamoring for Jorge Gutierrez to be brought back uh, again for, for like the 18th time. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, I mean, we we talk about all the time that you know kids' rotations. You know, a guy will just be out of the lineup for a while, and then he'll suddenly start playing. You know, Haas didn't play for a while. Then Haas got has gotten some random run. Um, 
I mean, I don't need to see Haas play at all, really. I mean, he played six totally minutes of garbage agree. time last night. Um, I mean, it's it's disruptive enough and to, to try to get Henson minutes with with Thon and, and Monroe playing that um, I, I just I don't really see necessarily what the point is with Haas. I mean, you we kind of know what Haas is and. I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just don't get if it. If you want to have Hawes at five million dollars a year next year, like you know exactly what he is. There's, we're not learning anything new about him. He's gonna be the guy that he is, pretty much forever. Like he, he's always gonna be relatively immobile. He's always gonna be able. He's always gonna want to shoot threes. He's always not really gonna give you anything defensively. Those things aren't changing. And even as he ages, I don't know how much those things will change. Like, I'd assume he can probably keep his stroke for another five years. I, th- that's not changing. I Again, I totally agree. I don't need to know anything more about Spencer Hawes. Yeah, and I mean, again, like, I don't think playing Terrence Jones is going to really change much for the Bucks either. Um, but it is interesting that he hasn't really played at all. Uh, I think... You know, again, I feel like it kills your chances of signing him for next year, like going forward, though. Like if again, I have no idea what their plans are with him. But if they were somehow thinking like, oh, Terrence Jones would be a nice piece for next year. Well, you freezing him out for the first 10 games that you had him. Mm. I don't think that's going to curry much favor with the Terrence Jones camp. Yeah, and I th- I guess in the you know when you when you think about what the Bucks' options will be, I mean they they will you know they they've got Toledovich uh, who they have for a couple more years on his current contract, assuming he's around. Uh, so you know again you pres- presume you've got basically two power forwards there that could soak up most of the minutes with with Giannis and him, and Jabari is obviously the big unknown, presumably coming back sometime later next year. And then, you know, do you bring back Michael Beasley as as more three, four insurance? Um, you know, it's hard to say that that you're going to take a flyer on Terrence Jones rather than Michael Beasley at this point, given we've actually seen Beasley be pretty, pretty good for the Bucks. And no, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're probably right. And he's fit in well versus Jones, who, you know, kid doesn't have any interest in playing. And, um, you know, I, I think depending on what you're what you're looking for. You know, Jones and, and Beasley are kind of toss-ups. I, mean, I can see the argument for either one. They're both sort of guys who will put up some numbers, but also haven't stuck around any place for for some for, for different reasons. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know if it matters that much in the grand scheme of things. Certainly, Terrence Jones was not going to turn around Saturday's game. I don't think there were any <laughs> games necessarily where Terrence Jones was going to make a difference, and I don't know if there are any real situations where Terrence Jones is necessarily going to be playing you know, high leverage minutes, unless you, again, you decide you want to play um, maybe a smaller lineup and you put uh, Jones out there with Giannis or something like that. But I mean, at that point, you know, uh, is the defense defensive upgrade of him over Toledovich worth um, the lack of shooting? You know, you can certainly argue given what Mears has done with Giannis that, that it's not worth it. So, so I don't know. I mean, they're, they're all kind of interesting things, but you know, do, do they really change the landscape for the bucks? Probably not a lot. All right. So w- here's where I'm at, Frank. I think we're done with this weekend. I don't have anything else to talk about. I would love to forget about the Warriors game. Unfortunately, there's not a Bucks game until Tuesday. So, I think we should make a request for mailbag questions. What do you think? That sounds great. Right? Like a mailbag. We could record a mailbag tomorrow for Tuesday uh, to get everyone ready for the Portland game. Yes? Sounds good. Okay. That's what we'll do. So, send us some mailbag questions. Um, we'll probably ask for them on Twitter as well. I'm at Eric underscore name. Frank is at F Madden NBA. And we, that's what we'll do. Um, again, over the weekend, the Bucks lost 
117-92 to the Golden State Warriors on Saturday, but they won 107-103 against the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday. They are now 2-2 two and two on their road trip with a chance uh, to go 3-3 three and three and 500 on the road trip, which was kind of, I think, what we thought was the best-case scenario. So that that would be a, a big thing for the Bucks trying to head into the playoff race. The playoff race currently constituted i believe they are the eighth seed at 34 and 35 you'd have to correct me if i'm wrong frank but i believe right they're they're tied with the heat yeah they're tied with the heat but they don't have the tiebreaker with the heat so they are um they are in eighth right now um but obviously things are very tight and as for the projection models the bucks are actually up to 62 percent likelihood of making the playoffs uh projected at 40 and 42 and 538 model and probably the the biggest news from Sunday was um, losses from both the Heat and the Pacers, which obviously um, helps the Bucks cause. I don't even know how I feel about sixty two percent, Frank. That's is this the first time we've mentioned the playoff outlook and then had probability models suggesting the Bucks higher than fifty percent? Uh, a while ago, it was definitely above fifty percent, but um, but I think a week ago, I want to say when I looked at it. Um, a couple days ago, it had gone from about like I think thirty percent the week earlier, a week earlier to fifty eight percent. I'm maybe on Friday night to um, it might actually be higher now than even after the Friday win, just because of some of the losses. Oh yeah, um, that makes sense. Miami losing at home um, is a pretty big one. Um, Indiana lost on the road to Toronto, which you know, maybe was expected. Detroit did win today uh, or Sunday in against Phoenix, but that obviously was was expected. So um, you know, again, some some uh, you know every kind of all those teams and what what happens to them. Obviously, all those things are are affecting what the Bucks do, and you know the Bulls are also kind of still you know vaguely kind of floating around, and they did get a win over the the Jazz at home uh, on Saturday, so a, a big win for them, but. Um, Dwayne Wade is out. I don't know if Dwayne Wade being out really hurts them, but uh, but the, the you know at this point nothing really would uh, would surprise me when it comes to the Chicago Bulls. But uh, I, I, the playoffs would surprise me. Let me say that. <laughs> All right, that's a brief look at the playoff picture. We want to do a mailbag tomorrow, so send us some questions. But other than that, that's going to be it for Lockdown Bucks. That was Frank Men. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.